The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. And now, on with the show. Yes, yes, y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Carrollton, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, the internet show that everyone is talking about. Mm. My name is Greg Tupper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 66th birthday today, is Liam Neeson. Okay. A truly bizarre career. Great career. Yeah. Great career. This is Oscar Schindler. (laughs) This is Jean Valjean. This is Qui-Gon Jinn. This is the dude from Love Actually. The Taken dad. And also in Taken. Like, nobody... That is such a wide repertoire. Like, you know how people say that Tom Cruise only plays Tom Cruise? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is partially true, I think. Right. George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney only right. plays George Clooney. Yeah. There's guys... Brad Pitt, in a lot of respects, only plays Brad Pitt. He's a little more dynamic than A little bit two. more, but yeah. not a ton. Yeah. Liam Neeson has played everything. Yeah. If, like, he's been action badass... He's yeah. been like heartfelt dad trying to hook up his son at a band yeah. concert. Yeah, it's been. He's you know, been, he was supposed to be Lincoln. Was he really? Yeah, originally, like when it was being developed for like the first three years, he was going to play Lincoln. They had to settle for Daniel Day Lewis. They took it away from him to give it to Daniel Day Lewis, which is, mm, I think was so, the right. Call. Sorry, Liam. Yeah. Liam Neeson, you're great. Is he Northern Irish too? Sounds right. Boy, is he Northern Irish? It's a great question. He is, uh, yeah, he's Northern Irish. That's wow. weird. Look at you, remembering that. Daniel Day-Lewis and Liam Neeson, both Northern Irish. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, okay. today is Thursday, June 7th, 2018. 168 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 569, 569, Willie Horton's plate appearances in his 139 games as a Texas Ranger in 1977. On today's show, guys, we've got some high school football headlines to roll through, including... Perhaps some big changes coming to the playoffs. We'll get into that. And then back half of the show, Max, we've got a number of coach interviews, including Brock coach Chad Worrell mm-hmm. and Glen Rose coach Cliff Watkins. Matt stopped, stopped by the Brock SQT State Qualifying Tournament for 7-on-7 seven seven to chat with those fellers. So we will hear from them in the back half of the show. Max, today is June 7th. And June 7th is a day that is... Aside from being Liam Neeson's birthday, it's pretty nothing burger, right? It's n- nothing really special happening. Sure. Um, and in the college football calendar, there is literally nothing going on. That's why our magazine is such a respite. I think I I really and truly believe that like our magazine, if it came out in August, it would not be as successful as it is right now. 
It just is. because people are starved for college football. It has randomly become useful in the internet age because of the content black hole. It is the content black hole. Yeah. Is where we are. We're in this lull in the college. There's no spring games. We're past spring practice. There's not even like practices going on. School is out. There's nothing yeah. to talk about. Which is why I was on Paul Feinbaum yesterday. <laughs> and apparently... Like, an innocuous comment I made, my tweets are, my mentions are a dumpster fire right now. Twitter's the worst. So, I mentioned on that, on the store, on on the Paul Feinbaum show, I kind of talked about how Jimbo Fisher, uh, he's one of four coaches, uh, active coaches with a national championship. He is uh, the first coach since 1977 anywhere to leave the leave college football leave his current place where he won a national championship for another college job that was when johnny majors left Pitt for tennessee uh i mentioned that he um that he's only the second coach in state history to ever be hired with a national championship on his resume already and as a result of all those things i said i don't think it's a stretch to say that jimbo fisher is the biggest hire in state history I don't think it's a stretch. No. Who are you? My my thought is, and and at the time of the hiring, at the time of the hiring, who's the bigger hire? That's the thing. People, I have people saying Daryl Royal. I'm like Daryl Royal ended up being the greatest coach in the state's history. Yeah, no doubt about it. But at the time, he had no been a head like, coach for three seasons with yeah. a 17 and 13 record. Yeah, he was not considered this. Thing. The only argument I think there is is Bear Bryant. Bear Bryant had been really good at Kentucky, but. Let's be real. When we think of Bear Bryant, even, like, Aggies probably think of him as being from A&M. I don't think of him being from A&M. Right. I think of him being Alabama. I think most most college football fans think of him as being from Alabama. That's when he yeah. became Bear Bryant. Yeah. So if you want to say Bear Bryant, that, that's an argument. But, like, Gary Patterson was not super highly thought of when he was uh, hired. I mean, Tom Herman was really nice, but he'd only been a head coach for two years. Right. I don't know. It was. Re- it's, I think I just fell victim to the content black hole that we all want something yeah. to talk about, I and I gave people something to talk about. Pretty easily defensible thing, and people are just bored. In, like, in, yeah, I, I think that this is people want to fight, and they want yeah. something to fight about in college football. And it's like you can agree, disagree. I'm not saying he's going to be the best coach ever in this state because it's a yeah. super high bar. Because Daryl Royal and you know Mac Brown and Bear Bryant and Grant Tapp all exist. Yeah, Dana Bible. All those guys, yeah. but I will say Gary Patterson. I but I will say that I don't know. It's, I think I felt con- I I fell victim to the content black hole. If I said that in September, yeah, no one cares. But because of, yeah. because it's we're in the content black hole anyway. Yeah. We are Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. We've got a great show for you tomorrow. I know it because we already recorded it. I'm not going to be here. Uh, but we do have a show locked and loaded for you guys tomorrow. So tune in and uh, talk to Max, who will be answering your questions. Live I on Facebook. never, I have not committed to this at all. Do not say that. <laughs> Let's get to some high school football headlines from around the state, Max. And uh, of course, six days after we go to press, yep, a major coaching move. But you knew that was going to happen. We too. knew it was going to happen. If you pick up your 2018 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas football, there is a um, not. It's not not even an error. It is uh, it is something that we couldn't get in time for press. 
you're going to see under the NS Lions, it's going to say Coach. Open. Open. Yeah. Because it was on June 1st. It is no longer open. Uh, NS has a new head coach? Mm. Do you call him new? The head coach of the NS Lions is Sam Harrell. Sam Harrell, who you may remember from winning state championships at Ennis. Yeah, man. A three-time state champion. Uh, Sam Harrell returns to Ennis. He is a really remarkable story. If you don't know his story, um, he basically retired. I don't know if he ever said the word retire, but, but he, he has ALS. And so he retired, and we saw him at a coaching convention in like 2013 or 2014. I don't remember what year. And I'll, I'll be honest, he, he did not yeah. look good. He looked bad. Uh, he's wa- he's had a walker or cane mm-hmm. and some he w- he couldn't really stand up for a significant period yeah. of time. It was really bad. He has had stem cell treatments, and you'd never you'd never know he was sick. Right now, it is really remarkable to turn around. And he's obviously I know he was helping out here and there um, with a couple of programs, but now he is back in the saddle at NS, the new old, the new once and future coach of the NS Lions. He's Coach Sam Harrell. Happy that he's back in in the saddle there. Happy that that he's feeling better, feeling well enough to to be the the new ish coach of the Ennis Lions. Of course, Jack Alvarez had left to go to Copperas Cove, so uh, Ennis is no longer open. Sam Harrell will be coaching the Lions for the next foreseeable future. Great, great guy. Really excited for him. So let's talk about Alito. Okay. So Alito. Um, is uh, they they lost a player and it's a pretty high profile player, a 2020 kid, so he's going to be a junior this year. Uh, Money Parks, Montarian Parks, Montarian Parks. I just call him Money. That's we're on a first name basis. That's that's fine. Money Parks uh, is transferring. He's transferring from Alito to Fort Worth All Saints, uh, which is a pretty pretty big move and it's a tough loss for Alito. Of course, they have very high expectations. I'm going to repeat something that Matt Stepp has tweeted. Which is that there are some rumblings that this might not be the only transfer. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, and I don't have a ton of information on it, but in rumblings and text messages and things that I've heard, there are a few other transfers from around the DFW Metroplex that may be coming down. And it's an odd situation. I don't know why. But we may have some things. For now, what we do know is that Montarian Parks, Money Parks, from Alito is transferring to Fort Worth All Saints. It's a, a tough loss for Alito. A coup, of course, for Fort Worth All Saints. They're happy to have him on board. Uh, but keep an eye on the transfer market. Do I dare call it market? Ugh, uh, the transfer no. wire. No, I definitely go. don't like that. The yeah. transfer wire. Um, Money Parks transferring from Alito to Fort Worth All Saints. Just keep an eye on transfers because I've, I've heard some things. I've been hearing things. I'm not trying to be... Coy, I'm just telling you what I know. And finally, Max, uh, there is a meeting down in Austin on uh, June 12th. June 12th, the UIL Legislative Council will meet uh, a number of things to uh, discuss. Among them, um, I'm just looking over their agendas right now. One of them is uh, a proposal to create a Class A 11-man playoff bracket. Uh-huh. Right now, Class A is six-man football. If yep. you play in Class A, you play six-man football. Mm-hmm. But there are teams that I think would 
prefer to play 11-man football, but they do not have the size. Now, yeah. you can opt up, but then you're really setting yourself up to to like to really hurt. Uh, there, that is on the proposal. That is in the old business uh, thing. There is uh, there's a few other things they want to. I'll t- full disclosure. There is a, a proposal to extend the pilot program that allows the UIL to approve one Friday night live telecast of regular season football games. That is uh, football days in Texas, which you saw on Fox Sports Southwest. Uh, there's that. But then the other things that you're going to probably be hearing about. One of them is. They want to discuss home field advantage for all football games, for all first-round playoff games. Mm -hmm. So as presently constructed in 6A, they started this pilot program two years ago. Is that right? That sounds right. Sounds right. Two two years ago. Three at most. So in in the first round of the Texas high school football playoffs in 6A, if you were the higher seed, then you got the option. You didn't have to take it, but you had the option of playing that first-round game at home. You could have that as a home game instead of playing it at a neutral site like every other playoff game. And I believe, I don't know, maybe I'm forgetting one, but I believe every single team took advantage of that. I don't think there were any teams that were like, no, we'll play on a neutral site. They took advantage of that. There is now a proposal to make that universal, not just in 6A, but also 5A, 4A, 3A, 2A, 1. 5A, I believe, already has it. 4A, 3A, and 2A is what's being uh, discussed. And then, Max, I know you'll love this one. Do you know where I'm going? No. Let's talk about train horns. Oh, God. (laughs) A proposal to ban train horns at football games. Finally. (sighs) I don't know how my... Petition made it into the uh, council Somebody notes. Somebody watches the show. <laughs> I actually, here's my thing with the train horns. I don't mind them in an open air stadium. But here's the thing. When you are at state, it is horrific to have to hear those trains over, train horns over and over. My ears legitimately well, hurt. So here's here's the worst ones, okay? The worst offenders. I'm going to call them out by name. <gasps> Borden County. Do you know Why? Board County scores a ton. <laughs> Not cool, guys. And so there is a motion to ban train horns. And there are, I mean, there are a, a good number of teams that have a train horn. Too many. There's Like prob- at some point. 300, would you estimate? Maybe right. more? At some point, someone was like, we're going to have a train horn. It will be different than everyone else. And then like too many teams started having train horns. And now it's, it's out here's of control. my Here's my rule. If you yourself can make the noise without use of a mecha- of mechanical problem like mechanical uh, machine I guess yeah. is what I'm looking for for it okay yeah those uh Stevenville with yeah. the, uh, the propane tanks with the, the gravel propane in tanks them. with the gravel go for it yeah El Campo is the same way they got the big yeah. kegs that they're going <laughs> yeah love it yeah. fine I don't want artificial noise yeah no air horns nothing like that no train horns you've got the clappers those are fine if you got the the little uh thunder sticks i'm okay Okay, but our man tommy hayes brings up a good point what about cannons cannons gotta be okay (sighs) a cannon's gotta be okay i'm sorry it has to be yeah, is there too much tradition t- tied Too up much to tradition in cannons. Cannons got to stay. I'm okay with if the yeah, rule if the many, rule how many are a cannon? Like, if like, the rule was simply 
you can keep your train horn, but you can't bring it inside. That's your. That's your. You're really okay that's with that. That's my compromise. Because didn't were, were we at Albany and Munster? And did they have a? Did somebody have a train horn yep. there? They it, it was the booster club. Whoever was running it was like, "Hey, don't stand right there. You're not gonna like it." And I appreciated that because it would have been awful. It would have been very bad. Anyway, uh, yeah, there's a proposal to ban train horns at football games. Let us yeah. know. Use hashtag Save the Horns or yeah. hashtag Ditch the Horns. Nah, I'm I'm with uh, I'm with Matt McSpadden. It's he's he was the first one that brought that up. It's just not indoors. You can keep a train horn. Not inside, Indoors, though. it's rough. It's too it's, much. It's a lot. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Speaking of TexasFootball.com, if you want this magazine, you can get it at TexasFootball.com. Uh, we will – there. I am check. here's on 100% true. I am going to do what's called color checks – on the cover tonight. So I'm going to go over to the printer tonight. They're going to call me about 9 o'clock tonight. I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to make sure that the maroon looks maroon and the red looks red and all that. And anyone stuff. watching the show right now can join you, correct? That is uh, not true. Uh, I would appreciate you not lying to our audience. But in any case. You heard it here first, folks. Join Tepper for his color check this evening. Anyway, uh, we'll be doing color checks on the, on, the, on the printer. That is the start of the printing process. It's going to be a while, but I will tell you that if you become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider today, uh, this week, so today or tomorrow, then we will mail it directly from the printer. Past that, we can't guarantee we'll mail it directly from the printer. We may mail it from here, but we will mail it directly to you. So, Texas Football Accomplished Insider. It's where you can become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Get in there. You also get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, including, coming soon, expanded team previews of every Texas high school football team on TexasFootball.com. So, you want that. 1995 for an entire year. TexasFootball.com. Max, Matt Stepp, our roving reporter, and Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Insider, was out in Brock at the Brock 7-on-7 state qualifying tournament talk with some coaches, catch up with them, shoot the breeze. One of the guys he caught up with is a guy who did not have to go far. He's the head coach of the Brock Eagles, a team looking to get back to another state championship game, looking to finish the deal after getting upset by Rockdale? Um, maybe, maybe a, a slight game. upset. It was a good game. In any case, uh, Coach Chad Worrell is excited to get his Brock Eagles back on the field. Uh, here's Matt Stepp's interview with Brock Coach Chad Worrell here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, here at the Brock 7-on-7 State Qualifying Tournament, here with the head coach of the Brock Eagles, Coach Chad Worrell. Coach, uh, busy morning today. Appreciate you taking a few minutes to uh, chat with us. You bet. Always happy to, Matt. All right, Coach. Uh, obviously, yeah, this is you're, you're getting to be old hat if it's hosting a 7-on-7 tournament thing. You've been doing this for, what, this is fourth year, fourth I think, year. you've been hosting? Uh, it's a big tournament, great great facilities here in Brock. Um, a lot of work that goes into putting this thing together, um, but you got a good good field, don't you? Yeah, we've got a good setup for it now. We finally got our full-length practice filled in last year, and so we've been having to do split sites. It's the first year we've got everything on one site, so we're looking forward to a great tournament today. All right, now, obviously last week you guys fell a little bit short of qualifying. I know uh, for you it's important for your team to go down to State 7 on 7, uh, get that camaraderie going and get those extra reps. Um, you know, the, the tradition, you guys have kind of built a tradition up. Do your kids talk about kind of wanting to go to State 707 and make, making that a habit every year? Absolutely, yeah. We just we, we play 707 to stay in shape and obviously to work our skill sets and, and really, you know, check our younger kids out to make, make them competitive. And, and it's it's become kind of a tradition. We've, we've qualified every year that we've been eligible or, or tried to, and I think we've qualified five years in a row. And, 
And so, um, you know, the kids look forward to it. It's almost like a mini vacation there in the middle of summer, and, and they look forward to going down there every year. So hopefully, you know, things work out and we can get qualified again this year. Now, uh, you know, people that you know, have watched you guys play in a couple of state title games, they see Brock and they go, oh, man, Brock likes to line up and run the football and play physical. Why, why are they playing seven-on-seven? Seven? What, what's the point? Uh, for you, what, what, what is the, some of the football reasons why you guys play seven-on-seven? Seven? My, my thought is it's more – Maybe you get your DBs work, but, I mean, offense, you guys are going to have to throw the ball eventually, right? It looks it's, – it's really both. Uh, you know, it's a combination of everything. We like to throw the ball, you know, in 15. Uh, we, we threw for almost 2,000 yards. You know, uh, people just see the state championship game that day where we weren't able to throw or we didn't throw much, but we threw for around 2,000, just shy of 2,000 that year. And uh, we still like to throw the ball. Uh, you know, obviously we're a run team first, and whenever, you know, it comes down in a, in a regular football game to uh, – you know, third and three, we're we're probably going to throw the football. I mean, probably going to run the football there. And and uh, but for seven on seven, you know, I like the competitive aspects of it. Uh, getting the kids out there when it's hot, uh, keeping them in shape. Uh, all the running sprints you can do at summer camps and things like that in the summer doesn't uh, simulate getting out there and actually playing a competitive game. Our DBs work. It's great work for them. It's great work for just throwing and catching and and for our skill set on offense. And and we do we do our offense. Uh, uh, out of that playbook and things like that. So all around, it's there's no negatives to it. I, I found no negatives to it over the years. Now you mentioned the heat today is going to be uh, extremely hot today. It's going to be a, a test of uh, a character in a, in, a, in a lot of sense because you know later on today it's going to get real warm, especially on this turf. Uh, what have your kids done to kind of prepare for the heat? I mean, I, I know you want them to get acclimated to it because when fall practice starts. You're gonna have to get out here and play and practice in the heat as well. Yeah, uh, we, you know, we we played last Saturday. It was warm over in Arlington, uh, and uh, or Euless, I'm sorry, our linemen were in Arlington last week. Uh, but uh, it was hot last week. The kids have been working working hard, and you know, we we moved the tournament back an, an hour or up an hour to start at 8 a.m. this morning to to get a couple of early games in before it got too hot. But just basically hydrating and getting plenty of rest, and and the rest will take care of itself. All right, now last week you guys were pretty busy. You had Brock had softball going on, baseball going on, lineman challenge, and 707. You guys are kind of getting pulled in a lot of different directions, right? But it just speaks to the uh, to the success that you guys have had here at Brock in all sports, right? Yeah, sometimes it's like juggling. You know, we juggle a lot of things, but that's the way we want it here in Brock. Uh, you know, still this week we've got a lineman's challenge today. Well, our baseball team plays at 3:30 in Game Three of the regional finals. Uh, winner goes to the state tournament, and our softball team played this week in the state tournament earlier. Uh, and so it's another busy week, and that's that's we wouldn't have it any other way in June around here. So, all right, final question for you: uh, We have a lot of Texas A&M fans look at the site, obviously uh, interested in your tight end Baylor Cup. Uh, talk about for Aggie fans who haven't seen them play or haven't watched film: What kind of player are they get, and what makes them special? Uh, first and foremost, probably his work ethic, but his, he's a physical blocker. You won't see that today, but, uh, <laughs> but he can catch the ball. He's long, uh, you know, he's a little over six, six, and he's got great uh, athleticism for someone that size. And, and uh, we're working on every day on, on his pass catching skills and getting better in that, that regard, but he's going to be a physical run blocker who can stretch the field for, for defenses. All right, now he's your obviously your first real big high level recruit here at Brock. You got a couple other guys that, that recruiters kind of keep, need to keep an eye on as well, right? Yeah, we got John Bruner who's who's got five offers, I think, three Division ones at this time, uh, offensive tackle for us, and we've got some other kids getting some looks. So uh, it's been good having the recruiters by a little bit a little bit more uh, consistent this spring. We've always had ten or fifteen schools through uh, this this uh, spring. I think we've we're over sixty that's come through and so uh getting those kids that exposure and getting looks for those other kids is is awesome never a bad thing right never a bad thing coach appreciate it uh, thanks for the hospitality uh, here today at brock and uh, good luck to your kids today thanks matt there is chad Worrell, the head coach of the brock eagles uh 
a, a spoiler alert, they're probably going to be really good. They're going to be really year. good. Uh, yeah. And uh, he talked about Baylor Cup, their their stud tight end, um, who is who is a, a star. Um, but they they are going to be good all over. They're going to be yeah. good at pretty much every spot. So you're going to need to deal with Brock at some point. Yep. We appreciate Coach Chad Worrell hopping on with us. Another guy who hopped on with Matt Stepp at the state seven on seven qualifying tournament in Brock is the head coach of the Glen Rose Tigers. Is Coach Cliff Watkins, Glen Rose team to keep an eye on. They bowed out probably about a, a, a round or two too early in the playoffs. A early last year, but a great offense. A lot of fun to watch. And they bring back seven stars from that offense. Excited to see what Cliff Watkins can dial up for the Tigers. Here is Cliff Watkins, head coach at Glen Rose, talking with Matt Stepp here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas Football back here at the Brock 7-on-7 State Qualifier here with the head coach of the Glen Rose Tigers, Coach Cliff Watkins. Uh, coach, I appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your uh, busy morning to chat with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Alright, Coach. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, you guys have, have had some success in 7-on-7. Seven seven. This, this really pertains to what you guys do offensively, so I know it's important for you and your program. What are you looking to see out of your kids today as they compete and look to try to get a berth in the state tournament? Yeah, it's, it's good for us because we get to do what we do during the fall, and that's why we do it, to get better uh, each and every time. We have some, uh, some new guys that got to step in and fill some holes this year, and so 7-on-7 uh, seven seven is going to be a big, big deal for us this summer, some guys that can step up and see who can do what. Um, got some returners that are going to be good leaders for us and, and really good players, but uh, excited to see the guys that are stepping into new positions and fill those holes and see how they do, and uh, hopefully we can continue to get better throughout the summer. All right, now looking back at last year, you guys had a wonderful regular season. District champs uh, had a you know had a, had a lot of momentum heading into the playoffs, and then you know you guys didn't didn't go as kind of as planned in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, looking back on that, you know, off season, some coaches like to use those kind of disappointments as motivation and kind of hang it as a, a carrot over the kids to try to get them motivated for the off season. And some coaches just try to move past it and and just kind of move on and forget about it. From you and your coaching staff's perspective, is that something you guys have used as motivation this off season? Yeah, I think so. You know, that's uh, you know. It, we told our seniors after the game. It definitely wasn't the way that we thought or wanted it to end, but uh, they, they did some great things. But now uh, moving on past that, through the offseason, it, it's been used as motivation. You know, we, we've got to finish the season stronger than we start. And, you know, we had a great start to the season and then and didn't finish and, uh, and lost to a good, good Vernon team. And we've got to find a way to, uh, to be able to finish the season better, and that's something that we've strived on all offseason and really, really preached to the kids. All right, now it's going to be really warm today. You guys caught a break. You're on the grass and not on the turf. Uh, I know, you know this is something you know you, get, you guys had to battle through adversity, especially in the fall when it's still warm early, early in the season to get acclimated to the heat. Um, what did you tell your kids this week? Because I'm sure you guys knew it was going to be hot. Did you tell them, you know, was it just mainly hydrating and getting rest? Oh, we did. We told them. Uh, Monday, you better start drinking water. And uh, I don't know if they listen. We'll find out in a minute. Yeah. They'll either be cramping up on the sideline or being all right. But they, they have got to hydrate themselves. You know, and if they just started this morning, it's probably a little bit too late. But hopefully they drink a lot of water all week, and uh, they got to continue to do that during the day. And, you know, with the format today, we have a break in between each game. So they got to be sure they get plenty of rest and rehydrate after every game. All right, now final question for you. Uh, try to ask always ask the coaches a little fun question. Try to get get a little background on them. You're one of my favorites. We were talking off camera. Tell us where where your first coaching job out of college was. What were some of your duties, and do you have any any, any great stories? Yeah, first uh, coaching job was at Cisco with uh, Coach Brent West. Uh, had a great time, great staff. Coach West, was a great guy to work for, and and uh, I did football and track, and I was a JV basketball coach. And uh, Brock and Peaster and Godley was in our district, and uh, 
the year in 06, we went to the state finals and lost to Martin football. And basketball kept getting canceled until football was over because that's how school uh, football t- guys are going to go play basketball. And uh, I believe that year we played 16 football games and 14 basketball games, which some you don't hear very often, but uh, it, it happened in Cisco, Texas. Now I got now looking at judging you by your personality, I'd imagine you as a basketball coach, you you were a run and gun press guy, right? Is that what it was? That's right. Well, we tried, but then when we would play these guys and get down, we had to <laughs> had to find alternative motives. But, Slow it down in four corners. That's right, but we tried. <laughs> Coach, appreciate your time. Enjoy watching your kids today, and thanks for what you do for the student-athletes in the state of Texas. Thanks for having me, Matt. There he is, Cliff Watkins, the head coach at Glen Rose. Uh, again, a team to keep an eye on, a team that 9-2 uh, and two last year, remember they were a district champion, um, and then they bowed out in the first. Who did they lose? They got upset in the first round by, you're listening to live coverage. A traditional, um, any other. Uh, Vernon. That's right. They lost 42-28 to Vern in the first round, which is a game they, I think they'll say they shouldn't have lost. Yeah. And so watch out for them. I think that yeah. they're they're pretty dangerous and that they're probably the favorite in District 4, 4A Division 2. Yeah. Uh, excited to see what uh, what they put out there. So appreciate Coach Cliff Watkins hopping on with Matt Sepp. And now we go to Max Thompson for the award-winning segment, Final Thoughts. We're going to turn this into uh, your Friday mailbag. Oh, yeah, because we, we, if you missed the... T- top half of the show we do have a show for you tomorrow but it is on tape yep. so uh ej avery asks how do you think goliad is going to do this year and here's what i'm going to tell you uh in june not that much but i will tell you goliad features prominently in the 3a preview i may have spoken to coach nicholson on the record for many parts of the stories and uh i think our rankings will look favorably upon the tigers i think they will be v good yeah, I think anyone who watches this show regularly knows we're pretty excited about this goal. I think team that they look. They got 17 stars back, and yeah, from a team good. that was within a whisker in a lot uh-huh. of respects uh, of making it to uh, to a semifinal because they lost to uh, well, no, Yoakum smoked them, but yeah. uh, I think they I think but Yoakum loses a lot. Every and, yeah, exactly. Goliad doesn't. Yeah, and they they're one year older, so I think they that's are. exciting. This is more for you because I did not do the the 6A preview. Mm. What are your thoughts on Mojo this ah, upcoming season? Five players sweet, with power sweet. offers led by Peyton Powell and two S- D1 offers on the O-line as well. Sweet I don't know Mojo. where you put them in the 6A preview or what you think about them, so I'm curious as well. Sweet, sweet Mojo. Um, so I am, I'm really interested in, in, in them. I think that they have a, a very high ceiling. I want to see them reach it. I got some questions on the defensive line. Um, that I need answered. Uh, the other thing about them is that Region One such a bear. Yeah. Uh, Mansfield, Martin, DeSoto, Duncanville, Carroll, Trinity. It's a bear. That said, I, I like what they bring back overall. Um, they've got a good amount of uh, of starting uh, power back, about half their team back mm-hmm. from last year. Um, but the thing is, again, the, the problem that they run into is that like round two. They're going to run into a really good team for the Metroplex. Yeah. And that's when the season really begins for them. I think they're the favorite to win the Little Southwest Conference, the newly reconstituted Little Southwest Conference 2-6A. But that playoff barrier, that second round, they're going to, like they did last year with Martin. Yeah. That's, that's where the season starts for Mojo. Yeah. That's what it tells them. I think they're the best team in the Permian Basin at, this, at, the, at the big school level. Um, we'll find out. I think that they're going to be. I think they're going to be really, really interesting to, to watch. But I would expect. Uh, I would expect them to be very good this year. 
Yeah. Uh, Alan Tedder asks, any thoughts on 2A D1 Region 1? And I'm trying to remember what episode we talked D1 about that region outlook. Because it wasn't that we long did. ago. Two, what, two weeks region ago? One. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah it was in the last two weeks. But, of course, yeah. you know, go check our YouTube channel. It's on. It's on. Uh, uh, it's, no, it's not. It's not. The regional outlooks aren't on the YouTube channels. Dude. What? Okay. Sorry. 2AD1 Region 1. Well, yeah, I'm trying to think of what, what episode that was. Do you that remember? would have been like probably like nine episodes ago. Mm-hmm. So go dive in. Go look at the podcast and listen to the podcast. We have that. But I will tell you, uh, I believe what we said was uh, we're really excited about Panhandle. Yeah, Panhandle, Stanford, Sundown, New Deal, Post are probably. The and I think to we watch felt there. like in general it's one of the more interesting ones if you like a wide open race. Exactly. There, yeah. There's not a, there's not a team that you that you say up. Oh, you're gonna have to yeah. go through them. Like yeah. there's a bunch of teams that all seem pretty evenly matched depending on what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and that's not to mention a team like Lindsay, uh, yeah. which moves in from uh, from uh, moves up from Division Two and moves into Region One from Region Two. Anything else, Max? We can close it there. Okay. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow via the magic of on tape on Texas Football Today.